Everybody's gonna see my beautiful face. Don't worry. I mean, we just gotta make sure, make sure it's all nice and good to go. So we can start. We took a week off. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you're into, we're into it as well. And welcome on back to the cheap seat, which is a fantasy variation of the second and short podcast. I am your host, Tyler, and joined with always, you know, our fantasy dynasty expert, Jason, over on the coast. Jason, real quick, summarize your holidays. How was it? Uh, I'll let you know when I see my credit card statements, uh, how my holidays, it, it looked really good. But then, of course, you know, once once those credit card statements roll in, I might be singing a different tune. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But, you know, whatever, you spoil the ones you love. Uh, nothing wrong with that. And with all that being said, we are going to, you know, and my, mine was okay. We're just going to leave it at that. It was okay. It was good to go. It was, it was okay. Yes. Let's go ahead and jump on in with an intro moment talking about ourselves before we talk about some fancy things that have happened this year, um, which really what we're going to discuss, we're going to talk about players that have overperformed their preseason ESPN PPR rankings and where they are currently. And if we think this is like, a, you know, one of these, you know, Peyton Hillis seasons, or if this is something that we think might continue in a trend wise for dynasty football. So go ahead and start us off. We're each in a championship game this weekend. Um, I actually just won a championship because I have a league that ends a week earlier than most leagues. Instead of ending in 17, it ends in 16. Uh, it's a 2014 league. There's 12 of us in America versus 12 people from the UK. Uh, I was the sixth seed. I beat three, the one and the two on my way to a championship. And then I took down England uh, all for America, who was the number one overall player and score in the whole league. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy and satisfied with that. So I've already got a little bit of cash in my pockets. I'm probably about even now. But let's talk about your current championship that you are preparing for and something well, that is on your mind when it comes to rostering. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can follow that humble brag, but I'll try. Uh, so, Get it for America. Yeah. <laughs> America, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm squeaked by uh, due to a lineup malfunction because as i've stated multiple times in our league uh, i totally hate the uh the app for my fantasy league don't ever yeah um, terrible well i was on the road i was traveling i was traveling on the road christmas day i had to use the app uh i had connor in my lineup of course he goes out about the time I'm out of service, trying to drive back to my house. Didn't know till I got home. But luckily, I squeaked by. Happy about that. So, yeah, I'm in one of our big, my bigger money leagues um, with a few, uh, you know, owners that me and you share in the Sunday Fantasy League. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I squeaked by. It was really, I was really nervous because it came down to Monday night. I had the Saints D going up against Gaskins and Callaway. I was up about 15 points. I was a little nervous, but I squeaked oh. by. I got to the championship. I'm happy. Now the only thing that's on my mind is what am I going to do at receiver and tight end if restrictions continue? So, real quick, before you keep going, let me stop and let's, um, Let's kind of talk about your, let's talk about this week. Let's zone in, focus on here. 
and let's see if there's a way that we can maybe come together and fix, you know, maybe find an optimal lineup. So quarterback, who are you locking in at quarterback for you? I've got Josh Allen. I mean, good to go. No questions <laughs> asked. Okay. What about a running back? Who are your running backs that you are, you're for sure going with? There's no questions about. Uh, so I've got, uh, I'm running with Sonny Michelle and Joe Mixon. Okay. All right. I think an unlikely hero potentially and the guy that, you know, is becoming what we all knew he could be. Now, what about a tight end? Who is your tight end that you're locking in? Don't worry about it. As long as COVID restrictions don't hamper me, that's going to be Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's locked in. All right, now, <clears throat> the biggest question here, receiver, you're having an issue. So, how? okay, right now, how many starting positions are we talking about that are left? You have eight. We have one quarterback. How many two, are left? Uh, we've got a flex uh, and two receivers. So we have three positions that we're so three positions that we're trying to fix here. Who is locked in at receiver? Uh, I got Lockett, and I have to play Beckham due to injuries to my top two wide receivers. So, okay, so so Lockett and Beckham are locked in, and now you're trying to decide on the flex spot between who. Uh, I've got right now it's between uh, Singletary or am I going to roll out, you know, another tight end as Goddard or Ertz? So we're coming down to a tight end of Goddard, Ertz, or Devin Singletary. This is half point PPR, correct? We talked about this off air? Yes. Yes. Half, half point, point PPR. PPR. Um, and then you're going to run a situation where Buffalo's playing Atlanta. Um, they're probably going to be rolling. They're like 13 point favorites. Probably going to be stomping them, so maybe they'll be running the ball late. Uh, it seems like Singletary is kind of really taking off with the lead here. Uh, and then the tight end matchup, realistically, that could come down to like usage in the red zone. Uh, ultimately, it, it's not it, to me, Singletary is probably the safest bet for you. Just the way that we've seen Goddard getting used the past couple weeks, and same thing with Ertz, who did okay, but he's not like dominating without Hopkins around. Yeah, and right now I've got Singletary plugged in because right now, personally, I have a vendetta against Goddard because he did cast me a championship because at last minute I plugged him in over St. Brown. I lost by three points. You live and learn. You always trust your gut. Uh, never second guess yourself. So right now I do got Singletary plugged in. So And uh, based on the matchup, I'm currently a 10-point underdog. See, I think that is a very – I think it's the safest thing to do. Um, there's upside of touchdowns with the other two, the dead tight ends. But I just think in a game that Buffalo should be rolling pretty early, Singletary could see 18-plus, you know, touches this game. I sure hope so. I, I, hope, I, I, I hope I at least get a touchdown out of him. Uh, I mean, a touchdown and 50 yards, I, I consider that a win. Um, in usage for him. Well, I mean, your roster sounds really good. There's obviously some studs, and we're actually going to have some cross uh, lineups over here talking about my lineup as well, uh, which let's go ahead and jump on in. So a league that we share with some of the league mates in the league that you're in a championship with, um, I unsurprisingly uh, am in the championship. As the number one team all year, outscored the next closest playoff team by like 300 points. Um, here's the thing. I run 
a couple leagues. In all the leagues that I ran, which is four leagues that I'm the commissioner in, I was either a one or a two seed in all four of my own leagues that I run. Um, two of those I had a first round by, two of them they're bigger playoffs, so I had to play in the first round. My first playoff matchup in every league that I run, I lost. I was a one or a two seed, same thing. I was for a lot of teams. I lost in two quarterfinals as the one seed, and I lost in two uh, semifinal or yeah, semifinals as a two seed. So I was expecting to just not win. And thankfully, Terry McLaurin got two catches at the very end of that, that pitiful Washington-Dallas game, and I won by 2.5. And now I'm here. So let's talk about what I got locked in. And I'll let you kind of help me decide my final spot. Josh Allen's locked in at quarterback. There's no question yeah. over there. I don't have another option anyways in this dynasty league. Uh, at tight end, I'm going to double down, and I'm going to play both Kels and Kittle. Uh, I think that's just very safe options for me in this situation. Uh, and they're locked in. And then at running back, I'm locked into Jonathan Taylor uh, and Najee Harris as being guys that I think are it. And then at receiver, I have Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore, again, locked in. Uh, especially with the news of Sam Darnold starting over Cam Newton, I think that's going to favor DJ Moore even you know, more than it did before. Yeah. So it comes down to my final spot. And granted, I can kind of move some of these around. And then this is a very humble brag right now, just listing off this roster dynasty. Um, but Dalvin Cook, uh, he's cleared to come back. He's going up against Green Bay Packers. But I also have, you know, Terry McLaurin, who's going up against Philadelphia Eagles. And so I have two options there on who I could go with. Now, Terry's had some down games, which almost leads me to believe that he's going to pop off. And Dalvin Cook's coming back from injury. And last time he came back from injury, uh, he destroyed on like Thursday night football after yeah. like yeah so where do, what do we, what do you think I should do because it, it, this is a league that we share so if I win the podcast wins which means you get a win which means you also beat the league champion in the regular season yeah, oh, yeah I'm just glad that you pointed that out I got so you I don't have to I got you I don't have, I got to, you. I don't have to remind our listeners that <laughs> you know I, I did give you one of your losses in the regular season I, I I'm gonna go with the cut uh, I don't trust McLaurin right now. Um, reason why I'm going with Cook, yeah, he's coming back from injury, so he's arrested. It's a divisional game. Vikings are still fighting for a playoff spot. Packers, not so much. They're, they're in. You know, they're not – they might not be going wholeheartedly. They've already – you know, they might not roll – you know, their best efforts out per se, because they want to, you know, you, you're late in the season. You're already locked in the playoffs. Teams may be taking their foot off the gas because once you lock that playoff spot, you start thinking about how deep in the playoffs you can go. Um, so with Minnesota still fighting for position, uh, we just got the news of Adam, Adam Thielen having season injury, uh, season ending, Surgery. surgery yep so uh the weather conditions would be favoring the running game so i'm going to lean more toward dalvin cook um i think Matson gets mixed in a little bit more but i think with the volume that cook is there you, you've got to lean on that because i don't trust the board anymore i it's tough to say that but after two straight duds Going into a tough divisional matchup, I, I'm, I can't trust it. Let's do a dynasty sidebar right now 
Let's the tear from this come right back in <clears throat> with what you're talking about. Terry McLaurin is kind of this guy that everybody has looked at as he's a wide receiver one. He has potential to be a top 12 guy in most in most formats, especially PPR. You know, he's the number one target in Washington out of everybody. Um, you know, he's he's hard to get, but now the season has kind of pushed him down a little bit. I'm gonna say it right now, it's very bold and everything. My early go by now is Terry McLaurin. As soon as your trade window opens in your dynasty leagues, go and get him. Because I think his value is going to drop where if you are a top three team in your league and you're going to have picks 110 through 112, send that first round pick for Terry straight up. And I think you're going to reap the benefits in those leagues. The owner might not want to push away with it, but I think they are going to be, especially during the dynasty draft season, they're going to be more willing to let him go after a down season especially with the hype of rookies every year, you might be able to snag Terry McLaurin for what would be the next year's wide receiver six in rookie drafts. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. I think that a lot of people, you know, that depended on him late in the season may have that bitter taste. So they may be wanting to move him due to the disappointment late in the season. And now let's transition right back in. You said yours. Uh, in my matchup, I'm favored by 21 points, which kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but thankfully, I am getting Jonathan Taylor in a championship off of his like lowest scoring week of the year. Uh, I just had Kels, who was out last week as well. Yeah. And he's got T. Higgins uh, you know, coming back in, who just had his greatest game that he'll ever have in the yeah. NFL. So he's probably going to come back down. So hopefully the skills tip my favor, but He's got a lot of guys that, you know, that scare me. Saquon Barkley, Michael Carter, Antonio Brown, Hunter Renfro. Really scary. But that's our matchup that we got going on. Let's go ahead and get rid of this. Anybody listening right now, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Follow along. Like us on all of our fantasy platforms. Let's talk about what you guys can get out of this more so than what we are going through. They're sharing our experience with you. And we're going to talk about a player at each position that has vastly outperformed their preseason ranking based on ESPN's own little uh, top 300 PPR. Now, with them being top 300 PPR, there's only so many players they can include, but that kind of shows you where the value is going to be here. We're going to talk about if these trends are, like I said, a Peyton Hillis type thing, or if it's going to be something that we think can maybe continue within range. Let's start at tight end. So at tight end, we have the current tight end for Dalton Schultz, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was current, he was ranked preseason as the tight end 35, not even the number one tight end on his own team. His current stat line right now is 69 catches, 733 yards, and six touchdowns off of 91 targets. He has outscored Kyle Pitts, um, Dallas Goddard, Mike Gusecki, uh, TJ Hawkinson, injury. Do you think Vance. Dalton? Do you think in fact, do you think Dalton Schultz? And I'm not saying maintain tight end four, but let's say tight end ten going forward. Is this a one time thing, or do we think that he is a guy that you can go out and get as a top ten tight end? I think he's going to be a top ten tight end. I think this season proved um, that he has made that step forward. He's got a great chemistry. With Dak, which is a great thing, Dak relies on him a lot, trusts him a lot in key situations. So, and that's what you want from your tight end. You want that chain mover. You want that 
safety valve. So yeah, I, I honestly believe. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Jarwin could come back, but he's coming back from a serious injury. Mm-hmm. You know, he's missed two seasons. This is this is where mm-hmm. where you could see him move to the next level and assume that tight end one in in Dallas and you know be a good solid plug and play on any fantasy team going forward. So when we look at the totals, now we have to remember that Michael Gallup Lee has played eight games this season. So there's been times when Schultz can benefit. I mean, Schultz has played the most games out of any pass catcher uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, like I said, he has 91 targets that he's received right now. Out of 571 attempts, he is almost at a 16, it's like 15.9% target share. Um, which is fantastic, uh, especially for a position that you need that volume. And I, I think with how many targets he's getting, he's getting a high number of receptions. Um, he's seeing good red zone looks. Uh, he's he's a guy that can create separation. But on top of that, he's got like 38 first downs this year, which means that on third down, he's a guy that Dak trusts. And I think with the uncertainty of what's going to happen with Michael Gallup going forward, Amari Cooper, we don't know these guys. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver room is going to change and Schultz might maintain a consistent, I think top 10 tight end absolutely going forward, go and buy him as such. Don't buy him at top four though, but if you can buy him as top 10, lay a ranking down in front of somebody and be like, these guys are all better, but I like him here. You might be able to buy him at that value. And that's the way to go. And if you drafted him before that, good on you. Now let's talk about, we're going to jump back and forth in these positions. Well, let's talk about the quarterback. Now the quarterback, we talked about a lot of guys. I mean, we're sitting here saying Jalen Hurts, pretty impressive, but there was a lot of predictions on that this year. Uh, we can talk about Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow just came off of like the most electric offense in college and then tore his ACL. So like if he didn't do that, maybe he would have been this, this place last year. Kirk Cousins, currently quarterback nine based on ESPN's standard point scoring. Um, averaging 18.6 points per game. He was preseason quarterback 22. So barely, if you roster two quarterbacks, he's in that cusp range where he might not even been drafted at all as a top two quarterback on your own team. And he is just stellar. Stat line. Uh, he's got 3,900 yards, about, about 4,000, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Fantastic. He's also got a rushing touchdown as well, but 30 to seven, like, that's Aaron Rodgers' numbers when we talk about that. We're talking in the 30s plus a single-digit interception range. Insane. Can he maintain a top-12 quarterback trend? Yeah, and you also got to look. He's been without Thielen this, this year. Mm-hmm. He's been without Cook a few games. He doesn't, you know, he has a inexperienced tight end. And he's still putting up solid numbers. So, yeah, I, I look at him in that cusp of that QB12 as a starter. Not a definite plug-and-play every week, but a definite consideration that you're going to get production. So, yeah, I think he can maintain this. I, I don't see any reason why, especially once uh, if he has everyone around him healthy, they beef up at offensive line. He's going to that tra- trajectory is going to increase a little bit. Well, I'm going to counter argue with you now. While I do believe Kirk Cousins does not get the respect that he deserves, 
And I think that him playing at this high level makes sense. Um, and we're looking at a, a guy that is he, I mean, he, what, what, he's throwing the ball. Let me look at quick. 539 times at a 66% completion percentage. Uh, that is that is stupid. That is so many. He's about to throw for over 600 times. I don't understand how these guys can do this year in and year out. He's not getting the yards, but the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over is pretty impressive. He is currently right now, uh, what do we got? He's currently number seven in attempts thrown right now. Uh, he's got a better completion percentage than about two guys ahead of him in that range. Here's my thing. I think that some of the younger guys are, they're going to get better. Um, I don't see Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Stafford falling down. Um, and then I think our middle tier guys of like the studs of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to maintain. I don't see Kirk Cousins being a, a QB one, but I do think he's a guy that if you decided to in a, in a dynasty startup next year, decided to wait on the quarterback position, you can trust him as your own quarterback one and a guy that you can think he'll probably finish in the you know 12 to 16 range. That's okay. Like if he's just shy of QB one status, that's okay if it means you can get studs in other places. Because his points per game, like I said, are 18.6. If we just go up to Jalen Hurts, he's 21.4. He's just above as a QB5 right now. That's four spots. And that's that's not even that's not even three full points ahead of him per game. So I, I I'm I'm gonna disagree that he's a QB1 going forward. The potential is there, the attempts are always gonna be there. Uh, but Adam Thielen gets another year older. We don't know what happens with KJ Osborne. Dalvin Cook's body keeps taking break, beat downs. Um, and as much as we want to say the offensive line could be fixed in Minnesota, it just it, they don't do it enough. I haven't seen a top-tier offensive line in Minnesota since Adrian Peterson. And so for me, if you can snag him in the QB 16 range, do it. He's a guy that you can trust and rely on, but don't buy him as a QB1. That's me. Now, uh, let's move on to the next thing, the next part. Do you want to talk about running back or receiver? Probably running back. Yeah, let's say we're receiver for last. Because it's, 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 it's so stupid. It's dumb. I don't even get it. So, James Conner, running back. He is currently running back seven, averaging 16.5 points per game. He was, he was pre-ranked in the preseason as running back 33. He's a guy that got looked at as can't start in Pittsburgh anymore. They're going to go off and draft. You know, Najee, which we all knew they were going to do. Um, they let him go, even though he's like a fan favorite because he has a great story. And he goes to Arizona and everybody goes, well, he could be a good back. Maybe be a good goal line back. We're looking at like a 400-yard season, eight, nine touchdowns. He's eclipsed all that. Stat line before you jump on in. He's got over 200 total touches, over 1,000 total yards, seven on the ground, over three in the air, um, 31 catches. And he's got 16 total touchdowns between 14 on the ground and two in the air. He has taken advantage of Chase Edmonds not being this healthy, reliable guy and just the guy that you can just give the ball in the red zone and he's probably going to score a touchdown. Can he maintain a top 15 running back status going forward? Yeah, because I don't look, I don't look for Edmonds to be there. I look for Connor. He's still relatively young. He's not on that cliff of running back you know, diving off just yet. I think next year, yeah, I think he could be a running back one with a top twelve uh, stat line. You would uh, draft him. You you would draft him as a top twelve running back pick. That's you would do that. 
if, yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm on the back half of my, uh, depending on where I'm at, I mean, you know, I I could take him at a twelve, depending on how the draft falls. Yeah, I mean, because you could, uh, if you're sitting at twelve and you've got the turn, I, I feel safe taking him at twelve and grabbing, you know, someone at two one. I mean, you know, he's one of those players that I I could draft as a centerpiece of my team that's, i feel that that's crazy i'm not well, you can do what you want to do but i i think that's very bold well you know i i bring the spice occasionally you do you do well so here let's 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 do this real quick let's play it because let's let's actually find out where you definitely will put it so let's just start up uh over jonathan taylor no okay um over let's just go joe mixon I put him in the conversation. But would you draft him over Joe Mixon? Uh, yeah, I would take him over Mixon. Okay, what about Nick Chubb? Yes. Dalvin Cook? No, I, I would I would take Cook over him. Najee Harris? I would take him over Najee. Derrick Henry? Hell no. Well, I, I have to ask one more. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I would take him over McCaffrey. Base, simply, simply. No, based on McCaffrey's injury history, I would because I no longer trust McCaffrey. Okay, Barkley. Uh, no, I I would take him over. I would take Barkley. Okay, Uh, Zeke. Yes. Gibson. Yes. Javante Williams. Yes, currently, yes. Austin Eckler. No. I'm out of names. Uh, Aaron Jones. Yes. Alvin Kamara. Yes. David Montgomery. No, I I I have a thing for Montgomery. I love Montgomery. Okay, and DeAndre Swift. No, I, I put him right there. I put him a Swift really close, but I would give the edge to him. So right now, if we were doing our rankings, you would rank James Conner going into next year as your running back. All right? Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah. We, you guys have heard it. You've heard it. This is a train. Jason is on the Conner train. I love James Conner. I really do. I think he's a good guy in the NFL. I'd call it to like guys that have like good stories, and then you don't hear bad things about them. I call them the good guys in the NFL. You know what? Maybe, maybe. I mean, the, the the volume's there. He's on a really good offense. He's on a really good team. Maybe, maybe. Um, for me, I think he's in the running back two range. I do think he has over uh, took uh, Chase Edmonds' position and spot there, and I think he should be drafted as a top twenty guy going forward. Um, in dice formats, I might push him down a little bit more just because I, I like to draft the younger running back and just run that wave. Uh, but you know. Interesting, but I like it. It's spicy. It's spicy. Now let's talk about a guy that got no love or respect for ESPN wow. at all. Like the ultimate disrespect. We're going to talk about wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Now we're talking about Hunter Renfro over Cooper Cup because here's the thing. Cooper Cup was preseason wide receiver 19. And then he ends up finishing as wide receiver. He's wide receiver one right now. But Robert Woods did tear his ACL a couple of weeks ago. So that kind of takes some stuff away. 
Um, we saw Cam Akers, here's Achilles preseason. So that kind of adjusted some things. He made an 18 point spot jump, which is fantastic. Debo Samuel is like the current wide receiver four. He made like a 30 point jump, right? That's fantastic. Jalen Waddle is like the current, I don't even know, wide receiver 11. And he made like a, a 30 point jump as well. Who made a bigger jump than that? Hunter Renfro. He wasn't even in their top 90 preseason. He wasn't, in, they had two, they had Henry Ruggs, but I get it. Uh, and then, which I guess Renfro does benefit from. And they had Brandon Edwards, uh, Brian Edwards in there as well. Hunter Renfro ranked outside top 90. He is current wide receiver 12 at 14.8 points per game. And here is his fantastic stat line. He has had 114 targets, 92, uh, 92 catches for 949 yards and six touchdowns. He is not your typical slot guy that just gets a lot of catches and doesn't score. Six touchdowns is a very respectable touchdown rate. Yeah. 100%. Most time we see these guys, unless they're like Julian Edelman, we see them with like three, two, four maybe touchdowns. Do you think Hunter Renfro has solidified himself as a top 15 dynasty wide receiver going forward? No. I, I love, I love, I love him. Don't get me wrong. He's a, okay. he, he's, he's my West Welker 2.0. What about but, 16 to 20 range? Would you put him in there? Is yes. Like, but, like low end wide receiver two. Okay. Yes. Low end, low end wide receiver two, definite plug play flex. Reason okay. being, reason being Waller's been out in which yes. he's been a fit. And I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. And all the troubles of Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. um, uh, which he vastly benefited from, uh, that catapulted him right into their uh, wide receiver one role. Um, so, with that being said, I, I definitely put him in the in the mid wide receiver two, definite flex plug and play. Um, if you can snag him fourth late fourth mid between the late fourth mid fifth i think that's value for him um i'm going to put him in the top 60 because you're going to see your wide receiver runs happen between three and the end of five typically especially unless it's me and you and we go Mm -hmm. you know our strategy is the the three running back strategy but He's somebody that you can definitely rely on. I mean, he's a PPR monster. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to put him in that mid, mid wide receiver two tier, definite plug and play flex. Well, I think that's fair. I think drafting him around that range um, is totally fair. The thing that you remember is Darren Waller's going to hit age 30, which against tight end doesn't really matter. Um, Hunter Renfo just turned 26, fresh 26. Like, he doesn't age until the end of season so he'll be going into you know playing at age 26 this entire next year i think he is a guy that you can you might have to kind of stay away from unfortunately if he is if his adp rises to like a top 10 to like like 10 to 15 range i think you gotta avoid him and go somewhere else because you're when, when i draft in startups i look at Will this guy's value increase based on where he's drafted? And can I get a better return based on that? A lot of times, I, I really don't draft the roster looking at this is how I'm going to build my dynasty team going forward. Really, like this is my pieces. I look at it, uh, look at it, look at it as 
can these guys give me more in return in two or three weeks through a trade than they can now? And I don't think Hunter Renfro is going to be able to do that for you. I think you're going to draft him way higher than the value you're going to want in return. He's going to get drafted around guys like Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, who you're going to want on your dynasty team more and are worth more. Now, if you do get him in a good position uh, as like your wide receiver three, you are golden because I think for the next four or five years, that's probably maybe a little much. For the next three years, he's going to be a guy yeah. that's going to get 100 targets every year for the next three years minimum. 100 targets, that's where he's going to be at. I mean, if we look at his career stats, and this is with last year with rugs around, he still had 77 targets. Without rugs, obviously it's increased. Rugs isn't going to be there next year. I don't see the Raiders going out and drafting a receiver. They got bigger issues out there. But I just see him as a guy that Carr has developed a relationship with, and it's going to continue going forward. Top 15 is too much for me as well to bite the dust on. Right. Now, I'm just going to throw some names out there to see, see where you put him, uh, because these are some players that I see that I would take him over, and I just want to get your your – your thoughts, uh, okay. OBJ. Uh, yes, I take Renfro over OBJ. I agree. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yes, I would. I'm not a Jerry Judy fan. Okay. Too many drops. Okay. Okay, definitely. Uh, Michael Gallup. Yes. Yes. Okay. But then I, that, I, really, that really depends. If Michael Gallup goes into free agency and lands in a really good spot, I think Michael Gallup has phenomenal talent. Okay. Juju. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Chris Godwin. No, I'd still take Godwin over him. Uh, even, see, though Godwin, I, even though Godwin's see, injury right now. I disagree. Godwin is a much better receiver. Uh, and I don't All think right. close. And, and one more. I want to hit you right where it hurts. DJ Moore. No, I'd still take DJ Moore over Hunter Renfro because I think DJ Moore, DJ Moore is two years younger. Um, I think DJ Moore, wherever he goes, is always going to be, but he's never going to get touchdowns. It's the only problem with DJ Moore. But I, I don't think, I think they're the exact same type of player where they're going to get mass amount of targets and they're like a fan favorite on their team for any quarterback. But I think DJ Moore being younger is would give me the pull on him. Not necessarily because I'm a Carolina fan, just the age gap right there is something that I would significantly outweigh it all right so out of everybody do you put all those people close to him in rankings uh the people I said, yeah, the people i said i would take over him i put just above him a little bit okay the people i said i wouldn't take most of those guys i think are significantly below him like i think juju's around like 30 and obj is below 30 at this point uh, dynasty because we're talking dynasty value yeah 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 so that's, so- that's where i'm at yeah, so I mean, I agree with ninety percent of that. That's why I wanted to get your take uh, because there are some players on there that people love by name recognition only, and you know, just like ESPN, they don't show show the love that he deserves. Looking at right now, eighteen, uh, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Three. Uh, I've got him looking, about. Look, I've got him right about twenty-seven. Right now, I got twenty-three players I would take over him. Right now, that I take over him, and that's not even including these brand new rookies that are going to come into this next year. 
So Renfro for me is probably going to be a guy that I wouldn't take until he's the wide receiver 24 to 30 range before I even touch him. Um, but I would know that if I got him in that range, I'm getting it. And he's going to produce more than where I'm going to get. So in that case, his value is going to be fantastic for you. But if you see him rising up ranks and he's like ranked as like wide receiver 16, stay away. I fully agree. That's going to do it for us on our New Year's Eve episode. Oh my gosh. It's coming on New Year's Eve. No, it's Friday. Whatever. If you're listening to this on New Year's Eve, this is what it is. And these are our last wow. takes of 2021. Simple well, technically, technically, it's New Year's Eve Eve as we are uh, recording this. Maybe well, they listen for me to it on is. Friday. Maybe they listen to it well, on Friday. Uh, you know, whenever you listen to it, you know, yeah. we do wish you the, the happiest of New Year's and the best holiday season possible. And hopefully most of you fantasy owners are ringing in 2022 with a championship in your hands or just in your mind if you guys don't actually have a trophy and hopefully lots of money as well. And if you are not in these championship situations, Dynasty Leagues, I'm going to tell you now, right now, as soon as we're done recording this episode, I'm going to go over every Dynasty League that I failed in and I'm going to write down what I need to get better and not fail next year. And then when 2022 comes around, I'll have my list in front of me and ready to go. And I advise all of you do the same. As always. Okay. Oh. And I want to start something mm-hmm. out there. And if anybody's listening that has an orphan team, hit us up. I mean, we might tag team a tag team yeah. team. Yes. Yes. That is what we're gonna do. We are going to join a league together and manage together. Yes, we are gonna do that. We we uh, if you got an orphan team, hit me and tie up. We'll take a look and, you know, uh, you might get a shout out on the podcast. And be on the lookout because this offseason, we'll talk about it now, but we'll bring it up as we get closer. But we are going to do a, a type of listener league or like a podcaster league type thing with other people uh, in the community. And we're going to be talking about that as well and using that as reference data for people that are deep diving, studying, and also want to talk about Dynasty as well. As always, subscribe like this video, follow us along, comment down below your championship teams or how many trophies you've already won so far. And as we said, best of luck or time to retool, get off your ass, figure it out. Thanks for listening. See you guys in 2022.